0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South.
0: You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else with Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in, uh, here in Starkville or at, uh, what did I say? Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Stockville or Brewpalo over in Tupelo. I got a good name for for brew this week though. You ready? Be kind of weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Utica. Brutica. Brutica.
2: Just find just find like little community town names that start with a U.
0: Oh yeah, if they're, if they're or out. Or
2: have like a U. Or have like a U name.
0: Yeah. Have you ever been to U? Works perfectly.
2: Uh, I'm trying to think. Where is it?
0: It is about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes south of Raymond.
2: Like, like what's around it?
0: I mean, you're you're, you're not far far from it's between Jackson and Vicksburg. I'll put it that way. Or between it's really between Jackson and Port Gibson. But
2: I mean, I've driven by it at the very least.
0: So I played football. I don't.
2: I don't think I've ever done. I don't think I've ever done anything in Utica.
0: I have played football there.
2: Who, uh Who's there?
0: Utica High School used to be
2: there. Okay, so that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they, uh,
0: they consolidated. Gosh, what did I? I think that's just Heinz AHS now. I think that's right. But yeah, Utica was a was a school back back in my day.
2: So, back in your day, back, back when in, men were men that, That's right That's right Wherever you are in our great state <laughs> I, I
0: like lost track there uh, You you always get Strange Brew Coffee Each and every morning you Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com In order to be shipped right to your door Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on the front counter of your house They got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com College Corner Collegecornerstore.com is the place to find The maroon and white merchandise that you are Looking for Whatever it is you're looking for, for the house, for the car, for your tailgate, they've got all that taken care of. But then on top of that, they have the best selection of of polos, pullovers, T-shirts, baseball caps, whatever it is, they've got you at College Corner. If it's maroon and white, it's on the shelf there for sure. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, followed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler Starkville's best restaurant the best lunch, the best dinner, the best Sunday brunch, they're all at one spot. That's Restaurant Tyler. If you haven't been there, I don't. first off, I don't know how that's possible. All right, I don't know how you went to Mississippi State. It's like saying I never went to the drill field. Like, right. It's not possible that you didn't at least one time go have lunch, go have dinner at Restaurant Tyler. But if you haven't, shame on you. Get over there now, especially for lunch. I, that's my favorite lunch in town is at, at Restaurant Tyler. Love that place. Love getting a blue plate there. If you haven't had their blue plate, I mean, they got great options to choose from. They got some, some stuff you don't normally see, like who has chicken meatloaf, but it's really good. I, I recommend it. Great options on the veggies there as well. Head over there and enjoy the best lunch in town at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One locations around central Mississippi ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com so you can find a location near you and open that account today. It's important banking local makes a difference. Just the same way that eating local and shopping local does, your local bank can be the cornerstone of your city. And Priority One Bank is definitely trying to do that. They want your business. They want you there as a customer, and they want to let you know that when you need a loan, those are the people you want to talk to, is the people you talk to every day. It's a difference between that and and dealing with some corporate people. You don't want that. You want to talk to the, the same folks you talk to all the time. Build that relationship today. Start a Priority One Bank account. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. On uh, Tuesday, uh, Mississippi State tweeted out a graphic talking about all SEC performers. So Athlon Sports did us a favor and gave us a little content and released an all-conference team of four teams. So I really appreciate that, Athlon. You gave us a lot to work with. Mississippi State with 10 players on this team only Georgia and Alabama had more. LSU, South Carolina, and Missouri of all teams with double digits. So, like, part of me says, "Wow, if you got that many potential All SEC guys, it should be pretty good." But then I see Missouri, and I don't know if if that that thought process is correct or not. Yeah, that kind of
2: that kind of that kind of messes up. It, that kind of messes it up a little bit, don't it?
0: Yeah. So let's go through these, and then we'll, we're going to land on the guy that I want to talk about. You can probably guess who it is. But on the fourth team. Nick Jones and Cole Smith, both named fourth-team offense. I'm sorry, fourth-team defense, Jaden Crumity, which I I have trouble buying into the idea. You know, there's four defensive linemen per team. I have trouble buying into the idea there's 12 defensive linemen in the conference better than Jaden Crumity.
2: That's somebody that's just looking at numbers.
0: Yeah. yeah, Look at his stats. That's exactly correct because, as you know, he missed eight games a season ago. Yeah. Fourth-team offense, a lot of MSU flavor on this. Woody Marks, fourth-team running back. Coulou Griffin, fourth-team receiver. Don't, don't get up in arms. We'll see him again. And then on the offensive line, as I mentioned, Cole Smith and Nick Jones. On the third team, uh, where was Zavion Thomas? Did I miss him? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Also, f- punt returner, Avion Thomas, fourth-team. Again, that's another one. Like, There's three punt returners better than him in the conference? I want to see those guys. Um, Nobody on the third team. On the second team, Jet Johnson on defense. And then offensively, Will Rogers is your second-team All-SEC quarterback. And then on the first team, Tulu Griffin again as the kick returner, as that's, 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 that's a no-brainer. Buki Watson, first-team All-Defense for the Bulldogs. Got no issues with, with Watson and Griffin on that first team. They definitely belong there. Rogers at second-team. So we've been talking about this for a little while now. You got five quarterbacks that are known commodities in the SEC this year. KJ Jefferson, Will Rogers, Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler, Jackson Dart. So Jefferson's first team on this, Daniels is third team, and Rattler is fourth team. Me personally, I would put Dart ahead of Rattler for sure. I'm kind of surprised that Rogers is second team. That's some respect I would not have expected. I would have had. I would have thought Daniels would, being the returning SEC West champion. I think Jefferson is is definitely should be number one. He's had the best career. He's kind of in that career achievement mode port point of view. But Rogers that too, we talked about it a cut co- last week, that he gets respect outside the MSU fan base, he doesn't necessarily get inside it.
2: I think this is the flip side of what I was just talking about with Jed Crumity. I think this list is based a lot on stats. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: they look at the who are the leaders and tackles, receptions, uh Passing, all that. I think he's looking at that and saying, "Okay, Will Rogers is, you know, going to break the all-time SEC record and touchdowns, yards, completions, attempts, all that stuff." So put him there. It's kind of like the thing with Jaden Crumity. I mean, his stats were not great, but he's probably you know a top ten defensive lineman in the SEC easily. and that's not to say that Will Rogers doesn't deserve that. I just think that might be the line of thinking here. I, I do think that Will Rogers has an argument for top four uh, quarterbacks in this league. Oh, for sure. Just based, just based solely on production alone. I would, I mean, without ranking to, I them. I mean, the stats do have to play into it, I think, a little bit. Right.
0: Without ranking them, the top four quarterbacks in the conference to me are Jefferson, Daniels, Rogers, Dart. Yes.
2: Rattler's fifth
0: to me, a clear fifth
2: to me. You can
0: raise Because they've proven it in
2: this league.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I get what you're saying about that, but I, I also think that Rogers again, you know, and, and we we're gonna talk to David Ubbin in just a minute here from The Athletic. And you're gonna hear it again that he gets respect, you know, outside of outside of the fan base a little bit more than, than he does uh within it. And I think when you look at Rogers if you want to look at numbers, we we did this earlier. You know, we did the last week where if you look at Chase Bryce's numbers a year ago for App State, if Rodgers can duplicate those kind of numbers, and look, those aren't out of the, this world numbers. He didn't throw for over three thousand yards; he threw for just just under it. But if he can duplicate those numbers, specifically the touchdown to interception, I think it was twenty five to five or twenty five to six, something like that. And yeah, he's going to be in the discussion. Now, the other the other issue with this is that they obviously went for the known guys, right? You can't just write Georgia quarterback on there. You and I both know that whoever wins that job is going to put up stupid numbers. We know that whoever wins the Alabama job is likely to put up stupid numbers. And in reality, when we get to December, the All-SEC quarterback is probably very likely going to be Carson Beck or Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson or Brock Vandergriff or whoever wins those, those two jobs is going to have a great chance. Now, Daniels will be in the mix. Jefferson's interesting because I, you know, with Dan Enos as the offensive coordinator, I don't know how much QB run they're really going to use. He's not; that's not really his style of offense, and that's Jefferson's strength is is with his leg. He's a good enough passer for sure, but if you try to take that away from him, I don't know how that works. And then you have Dart, who maybe has the highest ceiling. I mean, we saw him in his first full year as a starter and his first full year in the SEC. He was good. And you know the running game's going to be there. He's got to find some receivers. That's going to be Dart's biggest issue. Right now, they don't have any proven guys to, to catch the ball at, at Ole Miss. But I mean, at the same time, I feel like they'll find some guys. That offense is going to have open receivers. Kiffin's a good enough play caller to scheme and get those guys open. And then you have Rodgers, who's just, you know, Mr. Steady, Mr. I've done it all. There's nothing I've seen that's going to throw me off. But he does have the new offense. I don't, I don't think that people are overly... I think outside of, you know, the air raid cult, I think everybody realizes this is still going to be an offense that throws the ball quite a bit. But there are some who are just like, oh, get the fullback and the two tight end set out. Yes, That's not gonna good. <laughs> so I, I like Roger's chances. You know, if, if you were asking me, like, where, where does he end up at the end of the season? He has an opportunity to be right where he is right this second. But at the same time, you know, there's going to be more competition when we get to the end of the year because some of these unknown quantities will become
2: known. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think this year has the potential to be a eye-opening season for people in regards to Will Rogers. I've said it time and time again. I just I think this is a chance to separate himself from that air raid label, that system quarterback label. Yes, it's going to be very hard to pin that on him if he comes out and throws for 3,000, three thousand, thirty-two hundred yards, thirty-five hundred yards, or something like that. That's That'd be a pretty high number. But if he comes out and does that and he throws five to seven interceptions and, you know, 25 touchdowns or whatever, you're kind of running out of excuses to deny him at this point. If he's able to have a productive offensive season, it's no longer Will Rogers is, you know, a good game manager or whatever. It's Will Rogers is a good quarterback. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the opportunity that he has this year. It's a, big, it's a really big year for him as far as his career goes in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Can he come out and show that he can run several different offenses and he can run a different variation of, of an offense? Because if he can do that, then he can show that he can play on the next level. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to be looking at um, uh, this season for Will Rogers.
0: I agree. I agree. Couple other, you know, just, just just point out the other guys here on this list for a second. Woody Marks, you know, I, I'm, let me let me see the names that are in front of him. Obviously, your first two running backs are Judkins and Sanders. Those that's that every those will probably be unanimous first team choices uh, when we get to media days uh, in in uh in July. Jace McClellan from Alabama, Ray Davis from Kentucky, second team. Alabama running back and Kentucky running back are probably pretty safe bets, right? Those are guys you could probably feel pretty confident somebody's gonna be close to a thousand yard. Um Kendall Milton, I would actually have Kendall Milton on the second team. And then Montreal Johnson from Florida as your other third team back. Yeah, you know, just I Johnson's talented, but that Florida offense, I don't have a whole lot of faith in them.
2: And then That's 20, just on the name.
0: Yeah, I think. And then joining them on the fourth, joining Marks on the fourth team, there there was a tie. Obviously, Jalen Wright from Tennessee and Trevor Etienne from Florida. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't think Florida is going to have two potential All SEC running backs uh, at at all. I like Wright though, but Marks is a guy. Well, again, when we looked at those stats last week, if State you know has that same similar kind of rotation, he's only going to rush for 700, 800 yards this year. Now, if they make him the true feature back and give him twenty plus carries. I think he's very capable of getting a thousand yard back, uh, and also being a weapon in the passing game as well. So I, I, I like fourth team. I, I, you know, I don't mind that as much. I would tell you that another name to watch is whoever Ole misses second team back is, because for the past couple of years, that's been a, a good spot to be in. Zach Evans rushed for nine hundred yards a season ago. That's somebody else to watch for sure. I guess
2: it'll be what Ulysses, Ulysses, I Bennett, Ulysses Bentley. But I mean, I don't.
0: They might they might have somebody else that they might have had a transfer come in that we don't know about. They might have a freshman that we're not talking about. I mean, hell, this time last year who was talking about Judkins. So Yeah, it's
2: true. Um, yeah, they're gonna run the ball well this year. Um, so it's always a safe bet to to go with some of these teams like Alabama, Kentucky that are producing mm-hmm. good rushing attacks and then all miss, you know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball, they're running game as well. Yeah. But I do think I think that Marks is gonna slip under the radar here because he's kind of just been a guy that has been utility for Mississippi State in the air raid, mm-hmm. slipping out of the backfield and you know, catching the ball just so Will Rogers doesn't get sacked, running the football for three, four yards a carry.
1: Yeah.
2: Now you're giving him an offense where he can actually flourish in the run game. Yeah. I think he's a he's a sneaky pick for you know, yeah. second team or or something like that, Uh, because he's going to get his opportunities this year.
0: I agree, I agree. Jarquez Hunter, second team all-purpose player. Yeah, we'll see about that.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll see what happens there.
2: All right, let's uh, oof,
0: let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef. It's What's for Dinner. If you're looking to cook out this weekend, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. But if you're just looking for a great weeknight meal for your family, make beef the star of the show. Go to msbeef.org to get some great recipes for some great ideas on how to feed your family a quick, easy, and delicious meal each and every night of the week with beef being the key ingredient. A lot of great information there also about the Mississippi Beef Council and all the great work it does here in our home state. Beef, it's What's for Dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. When you head to the Cotton District and you're wanting to grab a a bite to eat, that's the best choice. Right there in the middle of of all the, the, the happenings going on down there. Great food. Awesome people. Oh, and by the way, when you support them, you support the Bulldog Initiative. That's right. They are a Bulldog NIL business. When you put money in their pockets, money trickles back into the pockets of your Mississippi State athletes. That's a big plus. I know a lot of you are on on message boards talking about you want to support Bulldog NIL and you want to support the businesses that do that. Two Brothers is one of those. So give them a look today. Enjoy some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers. Great products and great services is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48 years. If you haven't already, you need to find out the difference that they make. When you need technology for your business, they've got the best names. They've got the best products. They're ready to serve them to you. And then, of course, if you do need service on them, boom, you call the same people who made you the sale. No 1-800 numbers, no call center putting on hold for 30 to 40 minutes, no out-of-state technicians, everything done here in the state of Mississippi. And a lot of times it's going to be the exact same day. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue and their collegiate collection. There's a lot of talk about branding out there. People are starting to wonder, you know, is is, is the, the change gonna happen? I don't know about all that. I'll believe something like that when I see it. But what I do know is you don't have to wait for a change to get an awesome polo to support your Mississippi State Bulldogs. If you want a great maroon white polo? If you want a polo that has, you know, the sleeves are the kind of the same color as the shirt. I, that's a big thing for me. I don't I don't want my sleeves different colors than my shirt. That's just, that's just Do you
2: want to make sure that it doesn't say only the best for Mississippi State, but also say only the best for Texas A&M? I, I,
0: I would prefer there not be any kind of sentence fragments on my shirt, to be honest. That would me. be great. I would just would like the logo, and I would like it to not be the size of a, of the moon of indoor uh, on there. I would just like it to be nice and subtle and understated, comfy shirt, uh, great name brand. I can get all that at the Rogue. So check out their collegiate collection head over to The Rogue and Jackson or shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. That's another Bulldog initiative business as well. Dolce. They are open early. 7.30 a.m. They're serving bagels. They're serving breakfast sandwiches. They're serving coffee right there at 509 University Drive. So if you need to get your day off to a great start, Head over and see my friends at Dolce. Tell them that you want to gra- grab a bagel or a breakfast sandwich. You want the Junction sandwich. If you need a little. If you're like really dragging in the morning, and you're like I got it, I know the caffeine's not enough. I need a sugar rush too. Yeah, you know, get the uh, the Junction sandwich, a, a cinnamon sugar sourdough bread grilled with bacon and raspberry jam and cream cheese on it. Yeah, you'll be good. You, now around uh, I'll go tell you right now. Around ten thirty, you're going to be in trouble. But those first couple hours of work are going to be super productive for you with all the caffeine and the sugar rush that you're going to have. Head over to 509 University Drive and enjoy yourself at Dolce. Earlier today, we would continue our great series of college football interviews. Got another good one today. David Ubbin writes about college football and the SEC for the Athletic. He's also the host of the Football and Grits podcast on the Athletic. He hosts that with our friend Brody Miller. Talk to him. Sounds
2: good to me. Football and grits. Honestly, that. I
0: mean, yeah that, that that's a great that's a great podcast name. Uh, talked to him earlier today, got his thoughts on some SEC topics and some Mississippi State. Let's go to that interview now. Joining us now to talk a little college football on the podcast, David Ubbin from the Athletic, uh, also hosts a great podcast of his own, Football and Grits, with our friend Brody Miller. David, you're kind of like Moby Dick here. I've been trying to get you on radio or a podcast with me for like <laughs> a year and a half, so I'm finally I finally got there. I, I appreciate you coming all with me, man. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. It's always good uh, to, to get around the league, and it uh, should be a, an interesting future ahead, to say the least.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll start with some some just some SEC talk, and, and two teams last year that, that I, I had as disappointments were Kentucky and Arkansas. I was very high on those teams in the preseason. I thought they would challenge to be second in their respective divisions, and they were pretty far off of that. Are they bounce-back teams this year? Can they be eight, nine win teams in 2023?
1: I buy Kentucky. I don't know that I buy Arkansas. I, I think you look at Arkansas, uh, you know, Barry Odom, a massive, massive loss uh, at defensive coordinator. Uh, he was a huge asset for them. Um, one of Sam Pittman's best hires. Um, you also lose Kendall Browse. You you run it back with Danny Enos. You know, obviously KJ Jefferson has a ton of experience and, and all of those things. They lost a lot on defense as well. But you know when they lost him last year, it showed they just don't have a great option behind him. You know, Cade Forton is OK, but it, it, ultimately, you know, that team looked tired. They looked uh, pretty listless without KJ last year. And if you try to make him a pocket passer, you take away the things that he does best to try and protect him, even though he's a gigantic person so i don't really know that, that you're gonna see a, a huge bounce back season from arkansas I, I think they'll probably make a bowl but you know i don't really see that eight nine you know game potential I think the west is too deep this year i think a&m does bounce back like lsu can contend for a national title alabama's alabama i don't think they're due for a peak year but they're still alabama they're still really talented kentucky i think on the other hand can i i think you know, adding Devin Leary, the best quarterback in the portal, is massive. And for them to get that win, that's not something that Kentucky does a lot of. And last year under Rich uh, Scandarello, they were so predictable uh, offensively. The execution was bad. You know, Liam Cullen coming back, I think he's motivated. I think he uh is rejuvenated after, you know, a year in the NFL and and uh that that combination I think can really do some magical things. Obviously you have the maturation of uh Barry and brown and and they still bring back some good offensive linemen chris rodriguez back so uh, and then you have sort of just the reliability of, of mark stoops who has been you know steady eddie in the sec for quite some time so i buy kentucky as a bounce back much more than arkansas
0: who's that team this year then who's the disappointing team that maybe we're talking about right now like, oh yeah they should be pretty good and then when we get to the end of the season you, you won't be totally surprised if they're not
1: I think Alabama, personally, Ooh. I think you, you look at Alabama and you look at, at the pieces that they have and all the question marks that they have um, and replacing coordinators and doing it with guys that aren't that exciting, even though I think coordinators in general, when you have Alabama and Georgia's roster, you 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 suddenly get a lot smarter, I think <laughs> when you're yeah. when you're with those kind of players. Uh, but ultimately, you know, if you're taking a quarterback like Tyler Buckner out of the portal, a good player. But not, you know, uh, a a world beater, a Heisman candidate. And you look at, at what they had to have Bryce Young do all last year, I don't I have a lot of questions on the offensive line. You know, they really struggled last year. I don't know how much improvement you're gonna see there. Um, and when it comes down to it, I think the defense will be really good but not good enough where you don't have to score 40 points sometimes. And there's a bunch of losable games on this roster. Now, a down year for Alabama is probably like nine wins. And I think that's definitely on the table um, because I don't think they're going to be able to score. You know, I don't love them. They didn't upgrade at receiver in the same way that Georgia did. You know, I don't really love the receivers all that much. And you have, obviously, the biggest question marks it at quarterback. You don't really have a great answer there. And you have all that change, and you have this sort of rising second class I mean, in any given year, Alabama plays what four games that are losable, you know, a year. They might have six to eight this year. They might win half of those by double digits, but they're going to be in some tight games and, and things bounce the wrong way. You will lose some of those games. So I, I, my eyes are squarely at Alabama this year because I, I just don't love the roster. I don't think. It's a macro issue. I think it might be a one-year stopgap, and and we'll see. You know if they can find somebody, and maybe Jalen Milrow develops. Maybe Ty Simpson takes a step this year. Maybe Tyler Buckner in a new, you know, in a new uh, uh, offense, and and with a new, uh, you know, some new scenery as a new guy. But from what we see now, I, I my expectations are are not that high for Alabama. I think people are just sort of assuming we can pencil them into the playoff. I'd, I'd have an eraser handy, personally.
0: So what does that mean then? Because, you know, since Saban has arrived at, at Alabama, they haven't ever missed back-to-back SEC championship games. What if LSU repeats this year? Are we are we finally, finally seeing the the first crack in that foundation? Or is it just a two-year blip? And like you said, maybe in 2025 or 2024, uh, they're right back at it.
1: No, I mean, I think he'll be okay. I mean, ultimately, when you're still recruiting at the level that they're recruiting, I don't have any macro issues necessarily. I think things get harder when you have another um, big fish in your pond like Georgia. Uh, LSU doesn't have the top to bottom roster that Alabama has. Now, maybe they, they might recruit that, but right now, you look at all the impact players that they have. You know, obviously, you start with Jaden Daniels. Malik Nabors will be a really good player for them. Harold Perkins might get some Heisman votes. Mason Smith is back. You add Makai Wingo. Like, they got, they got impact players all over the place. Guys that have played, have made big plays in the SEC. Bama does not have that. Now, they'll probably, I'm sure, will have some guys that, we, we you know, aren't household names right now that will be, you know, in November. But there's something to be said for continuity, which uh, obviously LSU has. But ultimately, you know, when you're recruiting the way that they are, Alabama will be fine. I think you just got to make sure that you find – a quarterback, you can't have the the so called game manager, you know, Brody Croyle type stuff. People can can call sets and Bennett. That sets Bennett was a playmaker. He didn't have all the tools, but he made plays for them. He wasn't just managing things. And I I don't think that you can have that. You have to have a game breaker to win the SEC and to win the national championship in twenty twenty three.
0: Let's stay on quarterbacks here for a second. That was what the first half of the podcast was about. Athlon's released their uh. They're preseason all-SEC teams. They had Will Rogers as the second-team quarterback. And really in the SEC this year, I feel like there's five proven guys, right? There's Jefferson, there's Rogers, there's uh, Daniels, there's Dart, and then there's Rattler, proven you know in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Is there a quarterback in the SEC who right now we would say is unproven, but by the end of the year we could be saying that guy is a, is a special talent? Is it as simple as whoever starts for Georgia, or is there another guy that you like?
1: I mean, the buzz is kind of building for Carson Beck. Uh, at Georgia, I we'll see. I he's got so many really good pieces around him. They upgraded massively at receiver when you bring in Dominic Lovett from Mizzou. You bring in Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State. I mean, those are two guys who made a lot of plays in this conference, and now they're going to be making them for Georgia, which sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so I mean, he'll have pieces around him, and their offensive line should be pretty good again. So if there's one, I mean, he he jumps out. I don't know if you know. Um. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, you mentioned Milton and Leary, didn't you?
0: I didn't those mention guys. them, but I, but I mean, are those guys SEC proven to you?
1: Uh, I think Leary is. I mean, he's ACC proven. If that, <laughs> that yeah. matters to people, I think Milton will be much better. I don't know that he's going to be on the level of what we saw from Henn and Hooker. But I think he'll be very, very good. Um, and then I, you know, of course, I, I, I'm i not, you know, we'll, Ole Miss will be really interesting if Spencer Sanders can can push that there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think, too, uh, you know, Connor Wegman and, and Bobby Petrino could be a really, really fruitful marriage. Uh, I'm not driving the bus on the AM hype train, but I, I think they can be much better. I think the less Jimbo is involved in the offense, the, the better they will be. Um, because Bobby Petrino has not had a quarterback this good since Lamar Jackson and has not really had a roster this good, I mean, in a long time. <laughs> so I think there's something to be said for that. And, you know, if Bobby's got some toys to play with and uh, you don't have too many cooks in the kitchen, you could have some really good things happening in College Station this year. And, and Wegman, I think, is a really special player to make that happen.
0: Let's talk about Will Rogers for a second because I feel like Within the MSU fan base, he's kind of a polarizing guy for For whatever reason. He's a quarterback who's won a lot of games. He's thrown for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. But you still have Mississippi State fans who are like, yeah, but. And then I talked to guys like you. We talked to Cole Kublick last week. We talked to Jacob Hester the week before that. They love Will Rogers. They, they talk about, you know, great quarterback would put him in any system. How do you view Will Rogers?
1: I mean, I think he, he grew up a lot in the air raid. Um, you look at him early on and then you look at him later. You know, it's an, it's night and day. I think he really understood um, you know, what Mike Leach wanted from him. So you bring in Kevin Barbet, it's a it's a whole different ball game. There's gonna be some similar concepts. I like what, what Kevin does schematically. I think they can do some really good things. Um, but it's gonna be an adjustment. Now, when you've played as much football as he does, those adjustments tend to be a little bit easier um because you can understand what defenses are doing and how what they want to accomplish fits into that. But it's still A gigantic variable, Um, but I think if I was trying to break in a new offense, I would want a guy like a Will Rogers that has had so much experience and understands defenses and what they try to do and that the game is moving, uh, I'm presuming, pretty slow for him compared to a guy that had just never played in the SEC. So, um, yeah, I don't know.
0: When you look at at Zach Arnett, you know, it's hard to believe it's been almost fifteen years for Dan Mullen to come to Mississippi State as an offensive coordinator. And and, and we all saw how he elevated the program. Could Zach Arnett be a defensive Dan Mullen, a guy who's been a coordinator? He gets the, he gets the big job finally. And you look up in five or six years and he's like, Man, Mississippi State didn't really miss a beat. They're still going to bowls, they're still competitive, and they're a team that maybe has even been elevated a little bit under his leadership.
1: I think it's possible. I think he was on that head coaching track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I it sort of depends, you know, I, I remember talking to Joe Casiglione, um, a long time ago, well, not that long ago, but you know, they had had visions that Lincoln Riley could could, could step in for Bob Stoops about five years later than he actually did. <laughs> yeah. And that worked out pretty well. Um, and so, you know, I think one of my golden rules of coaching hires is if nobody else in your division would hire that guy as a head coach, don't hire that guy as your head coach. And Mississippi state has violated that here, obviously but there are some obviously extenuating circumstances, and I, I think when you have to, when you can continue some some vision of the program, I think there is a level of continuity that makes it easier for a first-time head coach. That he's a first-time head coach, but it's not the same as when you're going into a whole new place. You've got to win over new people. You've got to win over new players. I think if you're going to be a first-time head coach. Um, you know, doing it at a place where you have some uh capital built up with the people and the stakeholders involved can make it a little easier. I think Zach Arnett is really a wild card. I love him schematically. Um, you know, what they did with the 335 and bringing him in was really smart, and they've been really effective. But being a head coach is just a different animal. Like the time management piece is is hugely difficult. The decision making that you're not used to making can be a really tough adjustment. And I think that ultimately decides how head coaches uh you know do. It's not really in year 1. It's okay. Year 1 is a whirlwind, it's a zoo. You got to try to figure out okay, what are the lessons that I learned and how can I apply those moving forward and how you adjust to the year 1. I think ultimately decides how a lot of first time head coaches um you know handle uh, the rest of their tenure and so i'd be watching for for you know the lessons that he learns this year and and how he applies those moving forward you know not just on saturdays but you know, in May and how you handle players and how do you decide how much contact you want to have in practice? How do you schedule your day? Like there's just so many decisions that are involved in being a college head coach right now. And so many different masters that you sort of have to uh, juggle back and forth that, you know, I've said for a long time, like, Call you know being a college head coach is a lot more like being a Fortune 500 CEO in 2023 than it is about being a football coach. I have no questions about Zach Arnett, the football coach. He has a lot to prove uh, as Zach Arnett, the, the CEO head coach of an SEC program.
0: David Ubbin from The Athletic, man, that was really good stuff. Appreciate your time. Check out his work and check out the Football and Grits podcast with Brody Miller. You keep Brody in line for us. Appreciate <laughs> it.
1: I think Brody's trying to keep me in line these days, so we'll see. <laughs>
0: Can the blind lead the blind? That would be the question I would have. We'll thanks, find guys.
1: out. We'll find out. Appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks to David. Appreciate his time. I got, I'm not gonna lie to you, Robbie. When I asked the question about, you know, who you would think might be a disappointment this upcoming season, and he just casually dropped Alabama in there, I was I was a little surprised. Not, not, not that he said it, that he had the courage to say it. How can you, <laughs> how, how can you say something so controversial yet so brave?
2: It's just the quarterback situation for me. It's it is. But, I mean, that is they, such a huge position.
0: Do they have the uh they have the top end town. I mean I know they've recruited well, but they don't have the proven guys they've had in years past.
2: Well, they've recruited well from like a ranking standpoint, but mm-hmm. I I've thought that for the last couple of years with them and again excluding the Mississippi State game, because I don't want somebody to say, will it beat Mississippi State by 50? I, I totally get it. They've kicked Mississippi State's butt. Everybody else, for the most part, they just looked okay. And it's, it hasn't looked like the Alabama team of old. I still contend last year that that's a 10-win team tops without Bryce Young. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm fully behind that. I think they lose to Texas. Mm-hmm. I think that Auburn game's a little shaky. Mm-hmm. I think they lose out to Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a that's a nine or ten win team last year yeah. without Bryce Young. I mean, and they were, they were only s- tell a ten me, win tell team without Bryce different. Young. Tell me something different. I yeah. mean, t- prove me wrong on that. Because Bryce Young was their savior against those teams. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, you take him out of the equation and – I don't know. I I've, when I look at SEC teams and I look at whether or not they're going to be successful, one of the first things I always turn to is who's their quarterback. Is their quarterback a guy that can drive down the field and win a football game? You know, in the last two minutes. Yeah. Can their quarterback beat other teams' defenses? Can he right. stand in the pocket, make plays for you? Hmm. I don't know that about this team. They obviously. Nick Saban didn't feel good about his situation because he went and got somebody else. And you know what? What? Are, what's that guy going to do? I don't know. I mean, he didn't feel good about Simpson. Um, what's the other dude's Milroy? He didn't feel good about him. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know what we're going to see from Alabama this year. I mean, they should have the talent. Where it's going to be tough for them to go like six and six. Right. or something like that i, th- I mean this is well, still that's a team what he that's, said
0: he said you know disappointing is kind of relative right it, it we're talking disappointing about for nine them. and it's three ten,
2: yeah nine or ten wins that's yeah. that's disappointing for them that's where they are right now and last that's year was very, a disappointing year for them that is very much a possibility i think they yeah. lost their running back uh who's who's really good mm-hmm. which you know another should five be star able to replace him it, yeah but we just don't know. I mean, I can't look at them and say, oh, yeah, Alabama's winning the SEC West this year. I, I don't see that. But at the same time,
0: Robbie, isn't, that, isn't this when Alabama's kind of dangerous, when you're when you're finally saying that
2: – It is. Uh, when you, uh, when when you say the dynasty's over.
0: It, yeah. yeah don't, don't start writing those articles. That's when they show if, up and, and murder everybody.
2: I know that if Paul Feinbaum comes out and says yes. it's over, then then they're going to die.
0: They're going 12-0.
2: Whatever Paul Feinbaum says, it's yeah. the opposite.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. Tomorrow's show, not yet. I don't know what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show yet. We'll figure that out. Uh, but we'll have plenty to talk about one way or the other. I promise you that. So we'll do that tomorrow. Guys, have a great Thursday. We'll see you on Friday for you Robbie Paul. I'm Brian hey Dad. Looking? Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. The Rock says,
2: The Rock says, the
1: rock says, the rock says The rock says, the rock says Know your damn roll.